MSW Media. Hey, this is Big J Okerson, and you're listening to What We're Drinking with Dan Dunn. Fly, Eagles, fly. On the road to victory. Fight, fight, fight. Fly, fly Eagles, fly. Score a touchdown. touchdown. One, two, One, two, three. Hit him high. Fly, hit him low. And watch, watch our eagles fly. fly. <laughs> We're massacring it. Eagles fly. We're so drunk. On the road to victory. Let's bring it home. E A G L E S Spelling. Go. We are ripped. Well, pour yourself a glass. Sit for a spill. It's time to have some fun. Let's do a little thinking, some picking and a drinking. But this is what we're drinking with Dan Dunn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Welcome to the show, everybody. I'm so excited. I'm home. I'm back in my hometown. I am sitting in the Red Owl Tavern in the middle of Philadelphia. I am looking out the window at Independence Hall, the cradle of democracy in the United States. It's where the Declaration of Independence was signed by Ben Franklin and Thomas Jefferson and Adams and the rest of them. I'm looking at it right now. I am here in Philadelphia. The Red Owl Tavern is the the tavern in the Kimpton uh, Hotel Monaco at 5th and Chestnut in Philadelphia. I'm back. Couldn't be more excited. I could, after 14, 15 damn months hold up, and don't get me wrong, I love Venice Beach, but it is great to be on the East Coast. And I'm not alone today. I am not alone for this one. We got a couple of guests coming up in a bit. Stephen Grass of Quaker City Mercantile is going to be here, along with Charlie Hall from a band you might have heard of called The War on Drugs. Philadelphia's own War on Drugs. Charlie's going to be with us as well. But with me now is my, I like to think of her as my tour guide when I come to Philadelphia, which again is unusual because I'm from here and she's from Australia. But I've been gone a while and she is she knows everything that's going on in this town, not only in the bar scene, the restaurant scene, but the distilleries. And we're going to be talking about some of them. Kylie Flett, hi. G'day. I'm certainly not here for my American history knowledge. <laughs> you, uh, you are from Australia. Where, where in Australia are you from, Kylie? Adelaide, South Australia. So if you've ever had a you know, big, bold Shiraz, chances are I'm, I'm you know, close to that winery. That's it. But you've been in Philadelphia for a while, right? Since 2008, yeah. And you, every time I come to Philly, I hit Kylie up when I'm coming. I, I really do because you... You know everything that's happening here in this, yep. and I'll say, what's what's the spot to be? You picked you picked this spot to be here, and you brought along some some booze, <laughs> some local booze. I mean, folks, so you know, Philadelphia is known a lot as a beer town, and for a long time, there I don't even know there were any distilleries here in Philadelphia. And then over the last twenty years or so, things have really started to pick up, and now it's booming. And I've got an old fashioned here in front of me. Uh, made with a straight rye whiskey 
from Bluebird Distilling, which is here in Philadelphia. Can you tell us a little bit about Bluebird, Kylie? Yeah, well, you know, Pennsylvania is actually the best place of American whiskey, which is kind of cool. Everyone thinks about it being Kentucky, but it actually started right here. So it's bloody fantastic to see all these distilleries coming back and celebrating that rich history. Um, My friends at Bluebird Distilling are a grain-to-glass distillery right outside of Philly in Phoenixville. Um, You have a straight rye whiskey from them. That's one of my favorites. I think, you know, I'm a sucker for a gorgeous label and it's a a really pretty bottle. Um, It's got those, like, hints of cherry and fig and deliciousness, spice, um, and, and those guys are, you know, located in Pennsylvania and the greater kind of tri-state area. But are these, so is a whiskey like this available outside? Where do you get it if you're not in Pennsylvania? Yeah, so they're available in every single um, fine wine liquor store in the state of Pennsylvania. And then they have um, availability in North Jersey, Maryland, uh, New Jersey, but it's only a matter of time, right, before these these whiskeys find their way out. In, in I the, think so. Yeah. You know, to, to be honest, it's, uh, as you know, whiskey's not made overnight like our clear spirits. So, you know, it's really about having enough juice to get out to the masses. So um, their, their four-grain bourbon and their rye has been very, very popular. It's delicious. I, I've never had it before. Now, do you know, what's the price on this? Is? $49.99. It's great. It's yeah. yeah. It's, it's a really good looking bottle. It's extra tasty. It's fun for those nerds who might not like be familiar with it. Um, but it's been, you know, the one benefit of this last year, I think, with the pandemic is this renewed resurgence towards supporting local businesses. Um, in fact, the you know, with it being a controlled state, the liquor stores actually closed down for a couple of months, I think. So I, I, it turned into like Mad Max. I was like trading with my mates like two <laughs> weeks into the pandemic because I had an office, you know, I had access to booze from all my friends, you know, yeah. for, at local distilleries. Um, so it was really fun to see people you know who were like hey who who should i be getting my bourbon from you know with the state store closed and now so what 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 did people not you <laughs> what did they do? Did they have to go over to Jersey and bring it Dude, back? I'm sure they were. I, I, you know. New Jer- so just so everybody knows who's not familiar with Philadelphia, <laughs> area, we're, we're, we're literally a few blocks away from the Delaware River, and you could just go over the Ben Franklin Bridge right where from we're at, and you're in New Jersey where they have different laws. One of the big ones, obviously, in Pennsylvania have blue laws. You cannot purchase alcohol. Or you, you couldn't before. I guess some of it's changed, right? Can you, can you buy alcohol here on Sundays? Yeah, yeah. Thank- when I first moved here, I was like, what is this, you know, Gileadian? F- yeah, you couldn't buy, you could <laughs> it not ins- buy. It was like pretty insane. Yeah, you couldn't get your booze on a Sunday. You had to go, if you were throwing a party, you had to go to a different store to get your beer and your liquor, which is still the case. Um, when I was when I was younger, when I was here, the only you had to go to a beer distributor to yes. get beer, and the only way to buy you could not ever buy you. I don't, can you buy beer in a in a grocery store now? So just now, like literally in the last couple of years, can you buy beer and wine? And I think it, but no spirits. I think it like caps off at a okay. certain you know ABV or something. So like back that. in the day, it, this is how crazy it was. Back in the day, the only way to get beer if you didn't go to the beer, you could go to a bar. Yeah. And you could buy six packs and you could, but there was a two six pack yep. limit. 
So what you would have to do is go, but a lot of bars would do is you just go in and you buy it and they put it in a brown yeah. bag and you take it out to the car and then you come back <laughs> in. But it was way more expensive. And then, of course, this was so long ago that you'd always, you'd come out and your, your beer and the ba- everything just stunk like cigarettes because oh, yeah. everybody was still smoking in the bars When I then. first moved here, I think I paid like 25 bucks for a six-pack of Miller High Life, and I was like, what is this? It's crazy, <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. it is opening up a little bit, but yeah, it, it so th- I think these things are going to, you're going to start seeing things like Bluebird. So, because the, the other part of it is you talk about buying locally, but I yep. also think people in other parts of the country are now targeting regional stuff. Yeah, they're like, exactly. Oh, they're making, you know, and we know this from like Seattle and some of these brands that then have gone on to become much bigger brands like Westland Distilling and things like that. But people are looking around now. They're trying to find that hot new small yeah. distillery from from this little corner of the world. You know, I look, I, I found one in Florida that I really liked, and I'm like, oh, let me get that one. So people will find a way to get this. And now we got this, we got this other, uh, you got a, I got like three more bottles yeah, in front yeah. of me. And this one is, like you said, the booze nerds will go after this. The blue, we're talking about the Bluebird now. The yeah. Bluebird distilling because, um, you know, rye whiskey really began in Pennsylvania because it was the, you know, the, I think it was like the German immigrant We settlers. had Shanks. Shanks was a brand. Uh, Michter's. Everybody, yeah, yeah, everybody yeah, knows exactly. Michter's is a Everyone. famous brand yeah. now and they're based in Kentucky and, and they're friends of the show. We've had Joe on the show, Joe Mayer, but it started in Pennsylvania, yes. Michter's, along, and Joe resurrected the brand. It had been dormant for a couple hundred years. Michter's goes back to the 1700s. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, you know, great segue into this Kinsey brand, which was the, at one stage, you know, it was this massive distillery right on the Schuylkill River here in Pennsylvania, pre-Prohibition, had at had the largest, you know, like selection of aging whiskeys in the world and then, you know, didn't survive that kind of uh, 1970s vodka boom, basically. Um, and then Robert Castle, one of the uh, pioneers in the, in, the, in the Pennsylvania craft distilling scene, revived the Kinsey brand. Um, someone bought him an airplane bottle of Kinsey whiskey, you know, kind of... Willy Wonka style, and he recreated it from that tiny bottle. The, the very famous V uh, V Day photo from World War II, which was taken in Times Square of a sailor kissing a nurse. In the background, in that photo, is a billboard for Kinsey, yes. right for the whiskey. That's yeah. that's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's, it's and so as soon cool. as I say that, now everybody listening's like, "How do I get a bottle of this stuff?" Because <laughs> it really and the, and by the way, the bottles during COVID, people really started. Uh, putting a lot of work into their home bars out yeah. of necessity. And you just, you want to have good looking bottles on your home bar. And these are all, and you said, Stephen Grass, who's going to be on the show in just a little bit, uh, design these labels, right? Yeah. Quaker, his design company, um, Quaker City Mercantile actually designed the labels. So Stephen Grass and Robert Castle actually have a really great synergistic relationship. You're talking about those archaic Pennsylvania laws. A couple of years ago, what happened is those uh, laws changed, allowing local breweries and local distilleries to actually sell their product directly to the public, which they had never been able to do before, which is just great. insane it's insa- it's to think yeah. about it. So so, um, so now a brewery can have their own tasting room, can serve beer, and then can also serve wine and booze from other Pennsylvania makers. So it's this really... Um, so you can do a tasting in a distillery now. 
Yeah, go, yeah, well, exactly. You, you could not have done that. To, yeah, yeah it, which it's was so. It's Pennsylvania, man. It's for to being the birthplace of history is like still a little bit prehistoric. I think <laughs> with the uh, with the booze regulations, but uh, well, yeah. you know what? I, I grew up here, and I can tell you, we like to make things hard on ourselves. <laughs> we really do. Yeah, yeah. Phil- Only the strong survive. <laughs> Philadelphians are not comfortable being in a good place. You know, <laughs> it's when we're the underdog. Yes. It's when people are taking a shit on us. Yeah. We're like, that's mm-hmm. us. Yeah, you know. Well, yep. They even have that song. We're from Philly. Nobody likes us. And Nobody we likes don't care. And we don't care. But they do care. I'm looking yeah. at this bottle. It's one of the coolest looking bottles. It's from New Liberty. Fortunato's Fate, uh, which is finished in in cherry casks um, that has a, a, a connection to Edgar Allan Poe, right? Edgar Allan Poe, yeah. It's a malted rye finish in the sherry cask, like you said. Um, kind of the uh, the macabre local tie to Edgar Allan Poe on the tail that, you know, began with the cask of Amontillado, um, which is, you know, unfortunate story of Fortunato being buried alive in a tomb of sherry barrels. I mean, if you're going to go, that's one that's way, the way to go, to go right? Yeah. Um, and this spirit is just so special. It's been my go-to for gift giving when it's available um, because you've got the rye, you've got the sherry. So there's, there's, you know, just there is a lot going on, but it's so beautiful. And it's the bottle. I mean, again, it's this sort of gold embossed looking bottle that just seems very classic at New Liberty Fortunato's Fate. I'm going to I'm going to do a, a little tasting for you right now. I'm going to. Hmm. You're right. There's just so much going on there. I got right away. I got a little like apple, some apple notes there. Then I'm also getting this sort of honeyed notes as well. I mean, it's just man, this is a really great malted rye whiskey. What's uh, what? What are we? What are we paying for a bottle of this? I think that's about eighty dollars, and it is limited edition because you know it's aged in those sherry casks. So if well. you want to try to get a bottle. Find Kylie Flett on the social media and be like, hey, I know you got a stash. You're already talking about it earlier. Uh, I don't know. I, you know you, you're on your own, folks. But it is available here in the Pennsylvania area, of course. So Kinsey's got this one here. We got a bourbon whiskey. And then we got this other one that I want to check out, which is a cider cask finish, yeah. which is very interesting. So the cider cask is American, 100% American wheat whiskey aged in cider barrels, actually from two Pennsylvania cideries, uh, Windridge Farm and Original 13 Cidery. So it's a true taste of Pennsylvania. Um, and those guys are making some great, great ciders. Um, but that one's really special because you've got that candied apple, you've got butterscotch, you've got... It's one of the more unique spirits that I've had. Extreme drinkability as well. I mean, it's just, it's very... I don't want to say dessert because it's, I don't want to give it the wrong idea, but it's extremely pleasant. It's, <laughs> it's, it's just, it's really drinkable and it, I know I'm drinking whiskey, but it also has kind of almost a liqueur quality to it. Yeah, I can and, see and, that. Yeah, I can really see it. I, I think that's like, you almost get like vanilla mm. from it. It's so good. Now, is it, I mean, is Kinsey, are people, it's a hot thing here in Philadelphia? What's going on? Is yeah, it, I think so. I mean, I think it's got that Pennsylvania heritage. Um, it's made here. It's, you know, New Liberty Distillery is right outside of Philadelphia in the South Kensington neighborhood on the border of Fishtown, just north of Northern Liberty. Hey, it's not outside of Philadelphia. Ken- yeah, that is Philly. That's Kensington's Philadelphia. in, don't care. I grew up in Frankfurt, which is yeah, bad. Yeah, don't act like Kensington's <laughs> not part of Philadelphia. <laughs> Uh, Kensington, just so everybody knows, 
Fishtown is now Fishtown is what Venice was, you know, twenty years. Venice Beach was. It's now even more. It's already probably yeah, hot real estate here. But when I was growing up, Fishtown was rough. Yeah, I grew up in Frankfurt, which was probably no. I don't know. If Frankfurt was rougher. It all. It was all rough. It, it, yeah. These were hard scrabble neighborhoods. Like we just for fun, we would like just punch each other in the face. Yeah, yeah. Like very that's how working like, class. I, you know, and then uh, but very working class. And by that we meant we were you know we had no class. Uh, <laughs> so, it, it, but. Now you've got and the fact that Kensington, the neighborhood in Philly, is coming. We used to call it Kenzo, where your kids is coming up, is really incredible to me. And one of the one of the other brands when we talk about the craft uh, distillery resurgence here in Philly, I mean, Blue Coat Gin was kind of the first one I think mm-hmm. in the modern era that, that, that sort of you knew. Oh, that's from Philadelphia, right? Yeah, yeah. Those guys were, I think, were like the first craft distillery in Pennsylvania since Prohibition. Um, uh, so Philadelphia Distilling and Dad's Hat, I think, might have been kind of like those pioneers. And yeah. um, Rob Castle actually created the recipe for Blue Coat Gin um, with his um, uncle and my friend Andrew Aweta at Philadelphia Distilling. And then um, he left to do his own thing and make whiskeys and founded New Liberty in 2014. And the, and by the way, this this tavern, you know, the Red Owl Tavern has quite an impressive collection of whiskeys. Yeah, about 150 different brown spirits on their back bar, which for Philadelphia... I was going to say, is there is, any other bars that have more than that in Philly? <laughs> you know what? I, I, I don't want to say they have the most because, like, I... I haven't counted them all, but it's got to be up there. I mean, you know, the back bar is just filled with them. Um, and they've got a really impressive selection of the local guys like you see here. I got to say, Philly is, it seems to be coming alive. Like there's a lot of people out and about. I mean, this place right now, if you can hear in the background, very lively. It, it is very heartwarming to see, you know, this coming back. And especially in a place where, you know, again, I'm looking at the building that kind of kicked things off for us. And for all the things about America that are, Let's face it, America is a place full of contradictions. And But really, you can't be in this area. You can't be, like, to be sitting in this bar and looking out at that, uh, you can't help but get maybe caught up in a little bit of that sense of, oh like, Oh, my gosh, yeah. yeah. It's the most historic mile. For as much as we suck sometimes, we're still pretty good, right? You know, we're coming back. We yeah. got this. We're it's, getting it, Philly's a tough city. You know, I think that's why I've really fell in love with it you know it's so funny that first two years you're here you want to cry every day and then all of a sudden you just like wake up and you like love it and you love how tough it is and you you get your car towed and now you laugh at everyone else who gets their car towed it's just like part of the experience and if you can make everyone says that about New York if you can make it there you can make it anywhere but um I lived there too and and Philly is 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 is, is the tough it's you know they call it the gritty city for a reason yeah yeah, yeah. silly Anyway, all right, here we go. You know, but it's not all whiskey here at What We're Drinking headquarters. A lot of times I like to drink rum, not just any rum. I'm talking about Batiste rum, the first sustainable American craft rum. I call it a 3R rum because the makers of Batiste rum practice regenerative agriculture, they use renewable energy, and they make responsible choices. Batiste rum is made from 100% pure, fresh cane juice minimal processing, single distillation. It is distilled sunshine. I'm walking on sunshine. Check out BatisteRum.com to learn more. That is B 
A-T-I-S-T-E-R-H-U-M.com. That H in rum is a tip of the hat to the French Caribbean where it's sourced. And as I like to say, the H is silent, but I promise you, you won't be. You're going to be telling everybody you know to get some. It's that time of year again, New Year's. It's that time of year where we make those resolutions about dropping weight, answering our mom's calls, staying in touch with friends. It always feels like the perfect time to refocus on what we want in life, but it's easy to get stuck looking back on all of the resolutions we didn't keep last year. This year, there's one resolution I am definitely keeping, and that's making my mental health a priority. Make it part of your daily routine with Talkspace. Talkspace personally matches you with a licensed therapist you could connect with right from your phone or computer. I've been in therapy for years, but it's always been so challenging to find the right person. I've bounced around to different therapists and it's always, does this one take my insurance? Is this one close to my house? With Talkspace, you can do it from the comfort of your own home. Listen, everyone could use someone to talk to. I personally deal with some anxiety and my problem at night is those racing thoughts that I can't turn off. I'm up all hours of the night thinking about everything that everyone ever said to me and how am I going to get through this? My therapist at Talkspace taught me some really awesome breathing techniques that help me calm my mind, calm my body, and give me a more restful sleep. Connecting with a licensed therapist on Talkspace can help you feel better and it's secure. No one's going to hear what you say and that's the best part. Let all that talk fly. Unlike traditional therapy, Talkspace fits your schedule, not the other way around. Talkspace treats your privacy and security as their top priority. You get access to private virtual room with just you and your therapist. You can send your therapist messages 24-7 and get replies throughout the day. No need to wait for that weekly appointment. You owe it to yourself to make mental health a priority this year. And Talkspace makes it easy to keep. Visit Talkspace.com and get $100 off your first month when you use promo code STARBURNS at sign up. That's S-T-A-R-B-U-R-N-S. That's $100 off at Talkspace.com, promo code STARBURNS. Joining me now, a cocktail aficionado who's also the drummer for Philly's own The War on Drugs, Charlie Hall. Hi. How are you, man? Great. How are you? It's good to see you. Thanks for joining us. Also with us, a man, Food & Wine Magazine dubbed the punk rock prince of small batch spirits. (laughs) And if any publication knows punk rock... It's surely Food and Ah. Wine Magazine. Uh, He has helped create several iconic booze brands, including Hendrix Gin, Sailor Jerry Rum, Art in the Age, Craft Spirits. He's part owner, creative mastermind behind behind Narragansett. I love that beer. His agency, Quaker City Mercantile, has brought similar success. By the way, if you think I'm reading this, I am. To beer icons, Pilsner, Raquel, Guinness, and most recently Miller Highlight, but perhaps most impressively, he... Co-wrote and directed one of my favorite films, starring my pal Maynard James Keenan, Bikini Bandits. Yes. Stephen Grass, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. Where where are we, by the way? We're in Philadelphia. We're in Philadelphia, an old city. An old city. And the store is called Art in the Age. It's right on 3rd Street by Benjamin Franklin's grave. And, and this building you're in, it's interesting. I think it was built in the 1830s, and it used to be... Uh, where they sold spirits. 
No kidding. That's was the original. Uh, I think it was like a spirits or wine, but it was like pre we very pre prohibition. It always was into this building has always been used for this purpose. And, and it's a beautiful, I mean, I'm looking around. I mean, it's just one of the nicest, would you, would you say this is a spirit store? Would you, yeah, it, uh, well, it's funny. We had a, we, we do these pop-ups every weekend called makers and shakers. And one of the guys who came in referred to it as designer cocktails, which it's interesting. The store has been here for about 12 years, but when they recently changed the Pennsylvania uh, craft spirits laws, I was finally allowed to sell booze here. So I bring our booze down from our distillery in New Hampshire. We work with a distillery in, in uh, Kensington called New Liberty, and they bottle it. Send it down in totes. They bottle it. And uh, and when when they bottle it, they can say it's made in PA. So I can sell New Hampshire spirits here in Pennsylvania. And then we also, through COVID, we're not allowed to do to go cocktails, which has been a booming business for us. Yeah. yeah. Are they going to keep that? I, I'm out in California now. I don't they know are. how they're going to kill that because yeah. I think they let the genie out of the bottle and I think it's, it's just going to stay that way. Yeah. It has to. Yeah. People love it. We're having a similar issue out in California because we've got a lot of outdoor dining now that didn't yeah. exist before. Places turn their parking lots yeah. and, and all of the bar and restaurant owners I know said, we're not going back. No. You know, we're not doing it. And- they've got, there's going to have to be some rules though because it's looking like a shantytown around Philly right now. Sure. And, but mm-hmm. you know, I think they'll get it under control, but it's supposed to go away at Christmas, new year, our license, our outdoor licenses until then, but I can't imagine them uh, repealing it. Cause I think it's very popular. Yeah. And yeah. the to go thing, because as we all yeah. know, I mean, we've all traveled, mm-hmm. you know, there's very few places in the United States, New Orleans and, yeah. uh, and Vegas really. Yeah. And you get so used to not being able to do it. I, I know every time I would go to New Orleans, we'd be in a bar and we'd say, well, let's go. We'll, we'll go somewhere else after we finish this drink. And then yeah. that moment hits you when you go, or fuck it. Fuck it. We let's can go right this. now. We yeah. can go. <laughs> yes. And it's just, you, yeah. you feel like totally, a little kid. Totally You're like, ah, I get to yeah. bring it with me. Yeah. But you should, right? Yeah. We're all adults yeah. here. Why can't, yeah. you, why can't you come in here and get a cocktail well, and take it with you? It's all changing too. Because, you know, it just recently now in uh, uh, to go cocktails, I mean, spirit distilled spirits in cans is now a huge category oh, yeah. and that's very new. And, and it's also like in New Hampshire, we can now put distilled spirits in cans in supermarkets. New Hampshire is a control state like Pennsylvania. So it's all changing. And it used to be that Anheuser-Busch and all these guys were against it, but now they're doing it too. Mm-hmm. So it's all changing. Every one of them. Yeah. I mean, I don't know of any major producer that isn't making a seltzer now. You yeah, know, I mean, exactly. that's, that's just, you exactly. know, the white well, claw but the, thing. The change is that always had to be a malt based beverage and now it's vodka based yeah. and that's all changed and that's very positive. So I always say in this business, the amazing thing is we went through prohibition 90 years ago. I think it was 90 years ago, yeah. but that means now well, it's not going to happen again. It's only going to get more liberal, I believe. Anyway, what yes. is what Charlie, what is your connection with, with art in the age? Well, Steve and I are old friends mm-hmm. and, um, we have been collaborators. I have a, a sort of a this. I mean, I guess you would you might call this place a workshop, right? Yeah. A, a sort yeah. of a booze workshop. Yeah. Yeah. And um, and I have a I have a choir that's a bit of a booze workshop as well. And we uh, get together and sing and make drinks and kind of a, one of the things that brought us together was you know eating eating together drinking together singing together it sounds i know it sounds sort of sort of weird but um you know moving to philly i you know it's a reflection of the 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 music community i think and 
the sort of what's something special about Philly, you know, is that was that like, you know, all these bands, you know, playing shows with all these different bands and all of a sudden everybody's like, Hey, like, you know, let's get together. And like, they heard that, you know, I had this, this like sort of secret, secret history of like, you know, choral singing and stuff. Everybody was into like the beach boys and stuff like that. And interested in just kind of like singing, you know, like getting together for like, just for, for the fun of it, you know? So we started, doing that and then we started like once a year to sort of justify our existence we would do a show and steve and i would you know put our heads together on like what would you know what should we serve you know it's like 200 people in a room you know what i mean i mean this is we're talking about like super spreader events before uh before they were super spreaders. so this thing it's called the silver ages yeah and it's acapella it's kind of like a barbershop quartet you might say that. I mean, it's, yeah. you know, it's, it's, I mean, yeah. Okay. So he's, he's underplaying it, but it's the coolest <laughs> thing. It's the coolest event in Philly every year. And it's very hard to get invited to it. And if, and if you get in, it's awesome. But I would actually argue that cocktails are as much a part of it as the singing. Yes. And so I think, um, you're, I think you're right. And I don't know, like we've been doing this with you for over, over, over a decade. Years. Yeah. So I don't know how many years you've been doing it. Well, we're about probably, you know, I think we're we're probably about 15 years old, 14 okay. years old. We okay. you know, we we weren't we didn't have our sea legs until, you know, the first I think the first time we first time we sang in front of people was in my living room. Mm. We invited as many people as we could jam into my house, which was about 50. Yeah. And then the next year, uh, then we started doing it at the the uh at the, the Frank the no, the before that, the the Frank Furnace uh Designed uh, chapel at the First Unitarian. And what t- what are we talking about time wise? What what year is this? Two thousand six. Okay, so this is before this is even before the war on drugs. Yeah, war on drugs was 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 you know around. Um, you know, all, a lot of bands. Like when I moved, I moved here in two thousand three, and there was just this awesome community of bands. You know, there were all these cool like you know National Eye and. I was playing in this band called The Trouble with Sweeney and ah, the Capital Joey, Joey Sweeney yeah, and uh, <laughs> the Capital Years and, and the drugs were happening and everyone was playing in each other's bands. You know what I mean? Like sure. I was like, it was different than than my experience playing music in San Francisco a little bit. I was like, I moved here. I was like, oh, this is so cool. Like everyone's just like, you know, like propping each other up and helping each other out and everybody's in everybody's band. <laughs> was there really a scene? I mean, obviously in the sixties, San Francisco had a, a very mm-hmm. notable scene, but we, I don't remember there being, it's I can't funny. remember the last time you heard about a, a scene in San Francisco music. You know, there were, there were, there were little scenes here and there, but you know, you're kind of, unless you're like a touring band, which I wasn't really in a touring band. So while well, I played with a guy named Tommy Guerrero out there and we would go, like we'd go to Japan every couple times a year, but we wouldn't like, you know, it's a, it's a grind to get from San Francisco anywhere. I mean, you know, LA, you can get to LA, but you know, it's, you're kind of on an Island, you know, I was also playing like, um, you know, I was playing more jazz and stuff like that. I had like weeklies here, weeklies there. Like, you know, it was just like your, your, your monthly gig here and you just kind of make, make a living just playing all these sweet little clubs. Sure. Um, but as far as like community, you know, there's some communities that were forming, but yeah, not nothing like the nothing like that sort of thing that was happening in the in the '60s um, with the dead and, and the airplane and all that stuff. I mean, there was also the whole kind of like Santana thing, sure. the sort of like North Bay, like you know, there's like Tower of Power, all that stuff. I mean, you know, there's lots of like interesting threads uh, throughout the San Francisco. 
And Philly, I mean, Philly's had their waves too. I mean, when I, when I was young, I'm dating myself now, but when I was a kid, it was like, uh, the Hooters and yeah, uh, yeah. Tommy uh, Conwell the and the, 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 the Tommy Hazard. Conwell and the Robert Hazard man yeah, Esca- the Escalator 80s, of Life. There was I a great there was a great scene in Philly in the yeah. late eighties. Mm-hmm. And then I don't Cinderella's from Philly, aren't they? Is that right? I don't know. Po- poisons from po- outside of Philly, no. and I, also I Cinderella's from Philly. Are they? From they North, could North be. Huh. I think so. Never I knew think that. Some metal band is. I'm not sure. I could be wrong. <laughs> Mike LeCompte, remember that guy? It's from know, Northeast. Tommy Philly. Conwell. Tommy Conwell and the Young Rumblers. Oh boy, we're all. Then, by the way, we've set a record. By the way, this is the longest segment we've ever gone where we haven't had anything to drink ah! on, on what we're drinking with Dan. And I feel like we need to have a drink. Take something because okay. I got to be honest. I I'm very excited about all of it, but there's one thing in particular that I'm, I'm excited about, oh. which is this. I think it's, the beaver. It's probably oh, the, the most deer slayer. Un- deer slayer. It's okay. the probably the most unusual thing I've we've had on the show. Yeah, what did what did Maynard say to you about it? Uh, so I I mentioned to Maynard James Keenan who is was in was in Stevens masterpiece. Ma- it is a masterpiece. Band. It is. It is, man. <laughs> I have a higher <laughs> rotten tomato score than most yeah. Hollywood films. I just remember like the the scene when they sit when he was telling him all the things that are going to happen to them if they don't go back and defile the Virgin Mary and it's yeah. like you'll have to listen you'll have to watch Corey Feldman dance for eternity. And you're like, well, who wouldn't want to do that? You know, you know, Maynard plays Satan in my movie and he has a giant laser shooting donger. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And uh, you should tell, tell Maynard uh, that bikini bandits is making a comeback. I've been meeting with Hollywood directors all week because there's talk of a, uh, Eight part documentary series on oh, it. So my God. he might have to put on his donger again. He might have to do it again. Yes. They, what, what, I, I think he's going to, I think he'll snub me next, this time around, but who knows? Wasn't there a scene in, there's a scene in a hot tub or something where he was. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The hot tub like, scene is great. I was milk like truck up his is, ass or something. Yeah. Um, the milk truck is coming. The milk and, uh, truck is coming. <laughs> <laughs> and then my brother emerges from the hot tub. Yeah, it's, um, it's pretty good. Yeah, I, and it's, it's pretty, funny. Pretty juvenile. <laughs> Yeah. I didn't even put it together when I was coming here to do this. We yeah. originally set it up, and I'm like, "Wait a minute!" Yeah, because you know, I'm looking over your your CV, and I'm going, "Wait a minute!" Uh-huh. Bikini Bandits. Oh Bikini my god, Bandits. it's it's classic. Just incredible. A classic, from Bikini man. Bandits to from boobs to booze. Yeah, boobs to booze. <laughs> that was my, that's been my career trajectory. You've, you've, you're covering all the important bases here, Stephen. All the things that me, are dear, uh, near right, and dear to my heart. Let's drink something. Why don't we all drink right, it? You yeah. tell me, man. You tell me. I want to. Um, this so deer slayer just. We can work up to the deer slayer. Okay, yeah, we can work up to it. No, no, you, you, you. No, let, let's let's start with the. Uh, what, this is the other one that Maynard made fun of was the black trumpet blueberry. Oh yeah. Uh, black trumpet mushroom blueberry liqueur. Okay. Okay. And this is. Um, we had to get a special TTB waiver to be able to use black trumpet mushrooms in our spirits because. Black trumpet mushrooms do not appear on what's called the grass list, which was a list of a ridiculously restrictive list of ingredients that spirits are allowed to use that was created in the 50s. So you have to get a waiver if you use anything outside. It's not like you're using a, it's not like using botanical, like uh, when you're creating like uh, any like botanical uh, cosmetics or anything. Like you have to go through this crazy process. So anyway, this is black trumpet. Blueberry, black trumpet mushroom, blueberry liqueur. So, cheers. And it's, cheers. um, I forget what the proof is on this. It's 25% alcohol. Yeah, 50%. Okay. Proof. Yeah, 50 so, proof. Yeah. okay. So, what's interesting is you've had blueberry liqueur before, but the mushroom gives a little bit of a stank to it. Right. You get it on the nose yeah, yeah, right away. Yeah. yeah. You're getting that. And then, hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
it's, it's it's a little little bit of a, yeah, a difference. It's a little, there's a little I'm funkiness it. to it. Yeah. yeah I'm, I'm re- so what would you do with something? What would you do cocktail wise um, with this? There are. I'm not the mixologist, Jackie. What do you do with black trumpet blueberry mushroom liqueur? Whiskey sour. Yeah. I'll take two. Yeah, no, just kidding. <laughs> it's a, <laughs> sounds good. Ja- sounds good, Jackie. I'll yeah, have one here and vanilla uh, you know, ice cream. But you know what we do a lot with it is is um it's it's great on uh, as, on ice cream. No kidding. Yeah, or you great make a great water ice. Oh wow. So so there you go. And and also the the mushrooms. So up in Tamworth we kind of go crazy. It's like everything is literally the blueberries and the mushrooms are hand foraged. And they go into the forest and they find the the, the mushrooms. Same with the blueberries. There's blueberry season and they they're literally out there picking them. So it's it's very special. And that's why the spirits uh we make in Tamworth tend to be uh pretty pricey because they're literally made from scratch. Everything's made yeah. from scratch. And also there's the bottles are beautiful. The yeah. labels are yeah. beautiful. They're works of art. I yeah. mean, it's clear not only your 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 skill and, yeah. and creative talent, but you there's a lot of work that goes into designing. Yeah, this well, not- what's interesting is like so I'm a brand guy. Yeah. And we you know, for years our our thing was we we were the agency that did all the camel stuff. That's what paid for bikini bandits was was fucking red camel, camel cigarettes, right? And then from camel, uh, and then we created Sailor Jerry rum and Hendrix gin. But Sailor Jerry, we were smart enough to own it, right? So when we sold that to William Grant and Sons, we made more money doing that than we ever did anything else. By the way, I almost made a, a horrible mistake, life choice, one time at Tales of the Cocktail. With I went Sailor to a, I went to a Sailor Jerry oh, yeah. party and I was yeah. I think shit, I know where this I was is going. shit-faced yeah. and they had a tattoo yeah. artist there oh, yeah, and, yeah. and they said and it was uh so do you, my friends from from uh were running this party and and they were goading me, go ahead, get it. And the guy's like, yeah, we'll oh. put it here. And, and then it got to the point where it was like, make it a tramp stamp. And oh. I was going to get the Sailor Jerry. You and were, I, was, you were, I was this close. Been, and I oh, you should girl. not have. Yeah, yeah. no. It, it, I thankfully <laughs> got talked out of it. Uh, not that I have anything against yeah. Sailor Jerry. I'm just not really a brand guy you know, yeah. with, with tattoos. Well, no, so I was going to say, it's like we're, I, I'm a brand guy. But I got frustrated that every time we wanted to make something new, I had to find, like when we did Art in the Age the first time, I had to find a distiller. In, he was in a um, in a Green, Green Bar Spirits in LA. Oh, yeah. Made root for us. Downtown. Right? Yeah. yeah. And uh, Melkin, and the great guys, right? But um, but I got frustrated that I was always having to find a contractor to make stuff for me because it eats into your margin, but it's also, I felt there was a step missing. So we we took our proceeds from Sailor Jerry and built a distillery in New Hampshire. So now we kind of mixed the, the art of the brand and the art of the liquid. It's a very unique combination because most craft distillers don't know how to create brands, right? Mm-hmm. And most brand guys don't know a first thing about liquid. And we've really, I think we're unique in that sense where we've really put the two things together. Yeah, uh, yeah but so. look at that Tamworth gin bottle, you know? Yeah, yeah I that's mean, like, it's, that's one of my favorite things yeah. of all. So that that's that, that, from it's, um, it's and incredible. It, so if just to tell you what the yeah. bottle is like here, so in the I'm looking at the front of the bottle and then in the back. So in wait, how are you doing this? It's it's the uh, that okay. Oh, there so it the is. Bottle, okay, so yeah, yeah on the forms, back, it almost forms like a kaleidoscope effect. It's, it's really incredible. I mean, yeah. this is uh, we've talked about this on the show. We talked about it earlier in this show, especially during COVID. I was really encouraging people because we were stuck at home. I said, you know, if you're going to put together your home bar. Mm-hmm. You know, you want to have great spirits. You want to have delicious spirits, but you really want to have bottles that look exactly. good. Exactly, it's an accessory. This thing, this thing accessory. is amazing. It really, yeah. 
It really is, and but it also has a utility to it because a lot of times you'll get bottles that have some sort of fancy thing going, yeah. but they're not going to work for a bartender. You know, you're, you're, well, this here's a secret: spend a lot of time in uh, antique stores finding old poison bottles and yeah. uh, old tincture bottles, and and that that bottle itself, I think I, I don't know what brand it was, but basically, they're usually smaller, and we sort of say, okay, blow it up. That's that's how we found Hendrix. Hendrix bottle was from a an antique store. Um, Dirty secret. It's not a dirty secret. It's a great secret, but don't go do it. Keep buying them from... Uh, That's right. Yeah. Anyway. Charlie, comment on that? Well, I mean, I, you know, for one, like when, like when that bottle is done, for example, like I will reuse that thing, you know, yeah. and I'll, I'll put, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to keep the label on it and try to, you know, that's why we say that's something else, but... That's why we cleverly put dirt in there. What if you put a little dirt in there and you planted something... And it has the, pl- it has the flowery thing in the background, or that. Mm. No, all right, I'm not. I think my wife, cannabis. my wife would mock me for <laughs> you'd be mocked. weeks if I did that. Make a terrarium. <laughs> yeah, I'd get really mocked good. for that too. But put a plant a Venus flytrap in there that's never going to go. grow. No, no. but I use it. You know, I use them for. You know, I'll, I'll use them for like my well whiskeys and stuff, or my well. You know, what stuff that I get in the. You know, so when you go on the road with bottle. the band, mm-hmm. are you when you're obviously you're hitting a bunch of different cities and whatnot? Mm-hmm. Or do you do you like to go out and experience the cocktail culture in those cities? And is it is yeah. that is that something yeah. that you're? I do. I mean, I'm also I also enjoy making my own cocktails too. I mean, I I don't I mean I like to go out, but I'm not like you know I'm I'm sort of a homebody. I mean, I love I love touring. And I love traveling, and I'm grateful that that's part of my job. You know, Charlie makes excellent cocktails. Especially the one that your you. your dad's recipe. Oh yeah, for the uh, what, what, what was yeah, that? Yeah, my dad uh, my dad's whiskey sour was uh, um, well. If you're making a batch of it, it would be a whole can of uh, frozen lemonade concentrate, and then two two of those of whiskey, and then a, a Budweiser. Two of the cans of the whiskey. two of the cans of the whiskey, yeah, and then a Budweiser, and then a Budweiser. Like it's wow, the best. Boy. That sounds delicious. A, it really it does. It does. It's like uh, we, we even we we talked about wanting to do a book about uh, you know, sort of. I don't know what you call them. I don't know. Like well, I, I, wrote a, cocktails, I wrote a cocktails. I wrote a piece years ago for Playboy called Poor Man's Cocktails. Yeah, so it was go. like uh, it was a thing called the Muddy Bottom. That was at, and I did it regionally. The difference, but you yeah. know, here they used to do. What was it called? Skippies. Man, I'm trying to think of some of the stuff that we used to do. Well, you know, it was the the Everclear. Down the Jersey Shore, we'd go down, and it would just be a cooler of like high C or oh, Kool Aid, and then just and get a Everclear. bunch of bottles of Everclear that, and dump that's it bad. in. That's bad. And then and then it'd be like yeah, who's could, vomiting first? Go wrong. That, yeah, that, yeah. That's that's what you drink after you drink Charlie's whiskey sour. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's what you drink. Well, especially bottom. when we're teenagers back then too, and it was yeah. it was always so goofy <clears> because you, it's not like you needed it. I remember one of the, I guess it was a wives' tale when I was a kid. We would have beer, and they. I remember he'd always had that kid that was like cool, and he knew everything. And he goes, "Yo, man, if you drink it out of a straw, <laughs> you, you get, get more, you get more, more drunk, up. you get more yeah. fucked oh up, right? God. Like, like I need to <laughs> get oh more fucked God. up. Like I need to get yeah. more fucked yeah. quickly when I'm yeah. 16. You know, yeah. I'm like, so I, scared <laughs> for my kids. <laughs> it's so bad. Yeah, but to, just to put a, a, a finer point on 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 what you asked, I mean, I I think one of the fun and cool things about touring and and like exploring different spots. I mean, I, and, you know, obviously today we have every resource imaginable to know about everything that ever existed somewhere. But, you know, there was for a long time this kind of like word of mouth 
our tour manager, who's like a total road dog, has been everywhere with like every band. So he's like, he knows all the spots. You know, he's sort of like, and he knows he knows the like all the spots for like, especially you know when we have a day off or something, the crew finally like gets to relax. You know, like he knows all the spots where like, like off the beaten path. Yeah, like you know the rock and roll bars or like you know like spots like that. And you know, I think that like one of the one of the fun things about touring is 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 the sharing of these like oh you're you're in birmingham you got to go to this spot you know it's great or and not to say that it's not amazingly wonderful that we have you know that we can click on our phones and find out you know all kinds of lists of sweet places to go but that word of mouth thing that used to happen a lot i think from like touring you know like guys used to like have lists and they would share them yeah. like hey it's good you guys bad. are it's good you know, great. yeah i mean you know, there, you know there was there was also an element of that to music i remember oh, yeah, when i was same. a kid they yeah. go to the record store Absolutely. and the imports would come in there was no internet the only yeah. you got it from the zines you mm-hmm. got the new, new music express yeah, yeah. Or, or, uh modern yeah nme or Rocker, q or, i guess q is newer but um yeah. Yeah, but you would go to the in the store and you talk to the guy and stuff would come in. Yeah, and and there was a beauty th- in that discovery because you yeah. buy you just buy it because it's like all right, I hear this is good. I'm not going on Yelp to find out if some fucking stranger in Gary, Indiana yeah. thinks it's good Agreed. and wh- whether or not. Right. And I would just buy it. And it's the same thing when you go out into bars. In a lot of ways, not to say you know, I think the internet's ruined a lot of shit because you can't places that were really cool. Now everybody knows about them, yeah, and they're not really cool anymore. Yeah. You know, it's like, like I'm sure there's plenty of tons of yeah, bars. But, okay, and- but this is interesting because what what you can do though is not make everything available all the time, right? Yeah. And now a word from one of our dream sponsors, Colt Forty Five, circa 1980. There are two rules to remember if you want to have a good time. Rule number one: never run out of Colt Forty Five. Rule number two: never forget rule number one. You want to know why you should keep plenty of Colt 45 on hand? You never know when friends might show up. I don't claim you can have a better time with Colt 45 than without it. But why take chances? And it's like your event, your uh, your Silver Ages event, right? right. So like, right. there's only so many tickets. You do it one night. You do it one night. Well, you know, it's like there's 18 of us. You know what I mean? So yeah. if you just think about like everyone's like personal like friends and family it's like you know if if the word got out yeah our friend our family you know that wouldn't be you like talk about who else like, is in this thing so it's it's we're on it's guys yeah, from it's drugs, guys this, from my band we'll and you know a couple of guys from you know we got like zach from dr dog and um beaver from me without you and eliza hardy jones eliza and beaver were in buried beds together um yeah all kinds of bands um, I think like Midnight, Josh Newman's in, in, in that band. It's lots, lots of folks. Some, some guys that it, it's music is their day thing and some it's not. And it's like, but for all of us, it's just about like, this is a chance to just do it for the love of it and for the friendship of it and like the camaraderie. Of but, it. I, but it's, it's a one night only thing. It's like, you're not making Yeah, yeah, yeah. We just do when, like when one you, show when you, here. When do you hold it? You know, we used to do it in like. We used to do it in December, and then we kind of crept up on like we started to do it like MLK weekend, and then we started to. It would like happen naturally, like we got snowed out one year, and yeah. it was like because then we did it okay. like in January, and then I don't know. Then the next time, I don't know. Once we we started doing it in like March and April, and I was kind of like, you know what, I like this like sort of rite of spring yeah. vibe. Okay. You know, it's like. Yeah. You know, let's do it when it's like beautiful. Uh, it used to be cool to do it on a snowy night. I mean, the, one of the things that's cool about it is the the venue, the Ethical Society. We always do it at, which is a really kind of a cool uh, 
building and a cool you know well, thing. What's funny about the ethical society too is you'd think that I my head would catch on fire when I walk <laughs> in there, right? Because it's the ethical society, <laughs> but it doesn't. But it's also where. Bob Dylan played. Yeah, he played his first show in Philly at the Ethical Society. In like 63? So it's a really cool venue. Yeah, and it's interesting because I've always found the war on drugs has a kind of a very Dylan-esque vibe yeah. mm-hmm. music. Yeah. yeah. So, and it's, uh, I, the reason I ask when it is because I feel like Stephen threw out a challenge earlier when he said, it's really hard to get in. So I made a mental note. I'm like, I'm getting into this fucking thing. Really <laughs> I'll be back. Don't we always worry. have a special guest too, right? Yeah, we always oh. have. We always have a special guest perform, like somebody from a, maybe from a band that doesn't usually play solo or just. Oh, you I know. thought you meant me. I was like, oh, all right. Oh, I'll I'll be, hey, hey, special hey, guest. Yeah, I don't really have any discernible talent, but it's like, and now <laughs> doing nothing, Dan. Yeah. Um, what else are we drinking now? I want to go. Let's drink yeah. the gin. Let's okay. Move yeah. to a, uh, and then we'll move to the age stuff. So the gin, again. So. This isn't Hendrix. It's yeah. better. It's better. Yeah, it is. Uh, not that Hendrix isn't amazing. No. But this is more amazing. All our, our gin program in Tamworth, we call it Gintopia up there. We make all these seasonal gins, right? And even even this is White Mountain Gin, right? Is, this the, is that what this yeah, one is? Yeah. Okay. yeah. It's made um, with uh, spruce tips that are for – everything's foraged. It's all it's, – and, and the thing is, it's foraged by naked virgins, of course. <laughs> under the moon. Under the moon. Under a full moon. Which is amazing. It's oh, a, a so beautiful sight on, to behold. It is. It is. I remember back in the day when vodka was really trying a lot of gimmicks. Mm-hmm. And they were, I remember there was one where it was, they, they said poured they, it over they poured it over yeah. supermodels naked. They sent me this stuff. When I, and of course, Playboy's like, yeah, you should write about that. And I'm like, uh, <laughs> while watching Bikini <laughs> yeah. Bandits. Picking up nipple All right. here on this. Yeah, okay. This, uh, is, this, this you, is You know what I like about both of these? And I know they have nothing to do with each other, really, but they, they're both like, Sweet and savory. You know what? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like It's like the common denominator. Yes. Look at you. They do now. That's a pro move. Look at that. I just poured my my, uh, black trumpet blueberry cordial into my gin. I may have created a drink for the Ah, ages right here. Let me me try. I've got envy. And you know what? That's pretty damn good. sure it is. Yeah. 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 I would also just like to caution the listener, like, do not pour a frozen jar of lemonade concentrate into any of these. (laughs) <laughs> yes, exactly. Well, you I can know. you can as long as you pour a Budweiser in. It's it. also sure, you're right. talking about your whiskey sour. What, what, what yeah. is your favorite? It's a Se- Seagram's gin. Uh, Seagram's, uh, yes, Seagram's, um, Seagram's uh, what? Vo? Canadian, or, Canadian, Canadian. Yeah, Canadian. Yeah, that was Club, my dad's thing. Canadian Club. Yeah, yeah. My sister like learned came back from college one year with this like recipe. My dad was like, finally, like this money has paid off for Which, something. Canadian whiskey is pretty much, you know, what they, brown vodka. So, right. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, well, yeah, she yeah. was up, you know, up in Burlington, Vermont. Yeah. So. Well, this one's, uh, this is delicious. Now we got, we have a. Okay. So let's move on to the age, some age stuff. And then I'm going to finish today with a surprise. We have a cannabis spirit Ooh. That, that no one has tasted before, but me. Okay. Hello. So, and Lee, Lee, our, our master mixologist who was. You know, lift was, off. Uh, had a lot to do with creating the liquid. So anyway, um, this is a uh, uh, Tamworth v- Garden VSOP brandy yes. bottled in bond. So this is made with uh, local New Hampshire apples, and this was really um, it's interesting because we had ta- we had this liquid before, and we were calling it Old Hampshire. Get it, New Hampshire, Old Hampshire. <laughs> I get that. Yeah. Um, and it sold okay. It's the thing about making brandies; it's really expensive to make. Right, uh, because anything with fruit is far more expensive to deal with than grain, right? Um, 
and sourcing so, it or or, or dealing it, with it. The whole it. thing. It's just expensive, right? Yeah. And uh, it's messy and expensive, and it it gunks up the uh, the still. We have oh, yeah, has yeah. to be clean. Yeah, yeah. Right. And what we do in Tamworth is it's very seasonal. So we have our we have our fruit season, and then we have our whiskey season, and we have you know everything's done because it's 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 a pretty small distillery. So we have like whole periods where we have to do it. So anyway, we rebranded this recently under the VSOP, which means very special old pale. Mm-hmm. And it changed everything. So suddenly this sells like crazy. It sells for $85 a bottle and it's lovely. Mm-hmm. I love this. You know, mm-hmm. when I first had this, you, you, were, you, you were our last, yeah. our last house guest Guess before, before COVID. the world uh, changed. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Last February. Yeah. Early March. Uh, early March. It was March. And it's literally a week before. Yeah. Week before and it you closed. brought a bottle of yep. this. Yep. Uh, I'm, I'm. Um. But yeah. So that that's the brandy, and then um, and then uh, we can move on to the deer slayer. So I I teased this yeah. earlier, and I you know I've come I've come across some things in my career, and I got to say I've never come across the spirit that has been seasoned with venison. venison. Not only venison, I think it also has mushrooms in it, right? And cranberries and some other shit. So it's like a feast. Juniper. Yeah, it, yeah and juniper. It's, it's a like feast. a Thanksgiving meal or something here we're having. Yes, yeah. it is. And and it's interesting because here's how this started. So um, I, cre- I, I was reading, I, I'm a, I, I read a lot, right? And I was... Um, reading James Fenimore Cooper and his leather stocking tales. And one of them is the deer slayer. And I thought that's a great name. So immediately what I do is I, when I f- think of a great name, I register it right away. Right. So then I asked my distiller, can you make something? I first wanted it to be deer blood. You wanted to actually use deer, deer blood. blood. Okay. And my yeah. distillers, their first, <laughs> their first reaction is usually like, fuck you. Please don't make us do that. Right. So, um, but the second reaction is, okay, we can't use deer blood, but we can use venison. Would there be some sort of a prescription yes. prescription against using yes, the blood? Yes, okay. you can't use blood in anything, apparently, because okay. then you violate. Seems blood. like a pretty yeah. decent rule. TTP and I mean, I'm no expert, but I think I'm for that rule. And then the deer, the deer needs to come from an actual deer farm. You okay. can't use anything from the actual wild in a spirit. Like you can't be driving on the highway and see roadkill and go, oh, shit. Oh, I'm going to put that in a- in Couple a, more cases yeah, right yeah, there. Yeah, 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 there we go. Yeah, All right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, I think the process is uh, he he takes the meat and smokes it. And I think, I'm not sure. Lee, do you know more about how he makes, how-, how... I read something that said he chops it up. Yeah. And sort of yeah. chop it up. It's smoked what you said. Smokes they chop it. it up. And then they mix it. With all the other botanicals and, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Things so that they're the, the way you make yeah. a gin, yeah, but with whiskey, it steeps. Like that. It steeps. Okay, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So let's try it. It's, it's. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm really. Can I have a, yeah. uh, that water? Oh yeah, sure. Get a, uh, get a cheers, cheers to this cheers, one. Cheers, yeah. Here's to. When you drink this, you say um, Bambi. That's the cho- That's the toast. Bambi. There we go. All right. Hmm. Okay. So. To me, it's a very traditional whiskey taste. I'm, I'm, I am. It's certainly very savory, mm-hmm. and I'm gonna go on a limb and say that might be the deer. Yeah, <laughs> bring it, you know. Yeah, right. And uh, I mean, what are you getting on this, Charlie? It's not the cranberry. It's not the cranberry. I mean, what 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 are you getting on this? Yes, 
hit, it's hitting the sides mm-hmm. of my tongue. It's mm-hmm. funny. I think after drinking uh, blueberries, gin, and brandy, um, it might be hard to discern the the uh, finer notes of the venison. You, you know, I think yeah. you have. A, I think that's true. You know, just having like having just had like all those like bursts of of flavor. Um, hey, can we also get the uh, the the beaver one out too? <laughs> <laughs> all the all the cute wood and, and this pair is good with mutton. All the cute well, woodland I mean, creatures. Well, I mean, really interesting. So I'm, gonna, yeah. here, yeah. I'm gonna, gonna have you also try Odomusk. Yeah. Odomusk is from um, is made from the castorium, uh, the hmm. anal gland of the beaver. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh. Um, yeah. Have you had Odomusk? No. Okay. So, so how, how do we? The first. Wait, let me ask you this, Steve. Where yeah. did, like. Where does the seed of that begin for you? Because like, I don't, I haven't met many, I haven't met many distillers that would think to do. Uh, okay, a, a, so a spirit if you out go to our distillery, yeah. we are literally, I think we're about three hours from Boston. We're in the middle of fucking nowhere. It okay. is literally in the in the heart of the White Mountains. Okay, and um, when I when I go to the supermarket from my farm in New Hampshire, it takes it's an hour trip. It's okay. an hour trip anywhere, right? What we do have is, is a lot of beavers, deers. Moose, I haven't figured out a moose recipe yet. Um, but we have, I, I, we're trying to build. You know, there's also what is there, two thousand distilleries now in America. Okay, so yeah. what's different about mine? Well, it's in the middle of the wilderness. So it's instead instead of farm to glass, we're wilderness to uh, to glass. Um, it's so, so it's, beautiful up there. Yeah, it's a way of distinguishing yourself, but it's also I think it's just interesting to see how far you can push it or take it. Using things that are around you from nature. Sure. Yeah. So that, that was the idea. Um, aged spirits with animals seem to strike a chord with people. So both the beaver and deer slayer caused a global sensation. And we got press all over the planet. Of course, especially, yeah. Especially for the beaver. I mean, we were getting, uh, we got an inquiry from the government of, of, uh, Poland asking us if we could come and help with their beaver problem <laughs> and by making it, turning it into whiskey. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, I'm there, dude. Um, but beaver. Okay. So here's the thing. So beaver is a um, historical, we had historical precedent on beaver. So if you can lobby the TTB for historical precedent or ethnic use, you can get it as an ingredient. So castorium is historically used as a vanilla alternative. But it was also an ethnic ingredient used by um, primarily Scandinavian immigrants. Okay? okay? So you think it would taste musky, but it tastes kind of vanilla. Nice beaver. Nice beaver. Sorry. I was, it's a beaver shot. I can't think of anything but that scene in, was it? Uh, the uh, naked naked gun? gun. Nice beaver. Oh, Thanks. you like it? I just had it stuffed. I stuffed it myself. Yes. Yeah. Um, and by the way, <laughs> next up, uh, next up, Stephen's going to be since he's going to be using local from the wilderness, the remote wilderness up there. Next, he's going to be doing a rum, which is seasoned with the manifesto of a crazy person. That's yes. gonna, yeah, that's, <laughs> yes. that's coming up. It's, although, he's although ground sugar, it up, sugar is not it. sugar yeah. is not a native <laughs> native plant of uh, of the White Mountains. So, mm. yes. This is delicious. Yes, yeah, it is delicious. Actually, and, and I mean, it's just you know, it's another. I, I I 
one of the things I espouse on the show all the time is it's not just about setting something up and, and, and evaluating, but I love stories. Yeah, you know, yeah, and I yeah, love yeah. to drink. Yeah. It's it's I love to be able to tell stories about yeah. what I'm drinking. And if you're the guy that shows up at the party with the eau de musk, and yeah, it's made with the from the anal glands of the beaver. You got you've, a story. You you've got a won party. that party. You've won the party. <laughs> like yeah, no one's no <laughs> one's going. Hey, but I brought a BV. I brought a bottle well, of BV. You know, I mean, it's about you know, it's about enjoying something and memory, creating memories. Like, though, like I'm never going to forget drinking this here today. Right. You know, I mean, right. I've, I've been to a million distilleries. I mean, but yeah. to have something yeah. this unusual that also really tastes delicious. You know, well, it's I'm not gonna, just I'm it's gonna, not a gimmick. I'm going to turn this around and relate it back once again to Bikini Bandits. Okay, okay. well, <laughs> as all things eventually well, lead back to yeah, Bikini. Bikini bandits, because yes. here's what happened. Bikini bandits, it's amazing. It almost, we almost made it in Hollywood. We almost made it. Like I was signing United Talents, big deal, right? And then uh, we were, were set to go shoot a movie in Paris with Canal Plus was funding it, and then the whole thing crashed down. And afterward, I was like, "Fuck Hollywood, this is bullshit." So I was like, we had huge success with Hendrix, then with Sailor Jerry, and I'm like, it's the same thing, booze. It's the same as movies. It's about storytelling. Mm. And what is amazing is instead of having two weeks to make your money back, you have forever because booze never go bad, right? But it's the same kind of storytelling. Mm -hmm. And that's what I love. And that's why like all the brands we do, there's not just the idea of like, oh, it's made with these ingredients. Like that's part of it. But the story is the whole thing together is a story. And, and I love how you can keep building on that story and that's that's why we do the things we do. It's not it's not to for shock appeal. It's like because it's part right. of a bigger story of what we're doing in New Hampshire, and what we're doing with our whole career and what we're you know what we're about. No, I think and I think there's an analog as well. You know, with music, yeah. I mean, it's like you're telling stories and and bringing you know it's like that shared experience of like of of hearing that story and talking about that story and like laughing or feeling a certain way or. You know, absolutely. It's yeah. the same. It's the same thing. There's emotional resonance, right? And and I think that uh, I, that that's what's so exciting and fun for me. You know, well, and and what's exciting, what's great about when you discover a, a, a someone like yourself and, and the brand and what you're doing is you create this base of fans, just like you do with your music, that yes. can't wait to see what you're gonna do next. What you're gonna do you know, next. And, and, I, and each new release is like a new song being released. And I I always talk about bands. I create brands the way bands create their their brand, right? So we always talk to like how weird it is, like like Led Zeppelin, right? So it's Southern Blues meets Tolkien, <laughs> and how fucked up that is. But that that's what makes it sticky. So if you look at like a brand like Hendrix, it doesn't make none of my brands make any sense. And we always say we make them ugly on purpose because. They, it, it, we, we never chase trends. It's always like what's authentic to the idea itself and the layers of weirdness or meaning that you put on. Like somebody like Hendrix has been going strong now for 22 years. When I tell people I created Hendrix, they're like, no, you didn't. It's been around since 1887. I'm like, ha, gotcha. But it's like, um, there's all this layer of meaning that you keep putting on things. So it forms like a patina of, of oddness. Is that's how a brand stays sticky. That's how a great band does the same thing. Each release has to bring something new, but if you go too far, you break it, right? So you you're building layers of meaning on on your 
on each time you put something out. Yeah. I don't think I could put it any better than that. There you yeah. go. Um, okay. So, uh, what's the special thing that we've got? Everything's okay. been special, but there's a surprise. It's called the Pathfinder. So, okay. So this <laughs> is interesting because some guys came to me from, um, uh, we get gas to do cannabis all the time. Right. And where I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think a lot of the cannabis brands have not worked because they focus on the ingredient on the, on the cannabis as opposed to focusing on the brand. Yeah. So these guys from, um, Diageo came to me and they were guys I worked with on Guinness and then, and then they went on to, to run Johnny Walker and they were like, we want to do a cannabis spirit. And so we have been working on this with them for about a year. And this is, um, this is the non THC version. The THC version will also be coming out. Um, we're launching this test market in Seattle in mid July. And, but you can order it online nationwide starting in mid July as well. So this is also non-alcoholic, right? Because you can't, it's not on can't, the list. Can't not all, you can't mix alcohol and, and cannabis. It's illegal. So, um, so this, but we've also noticed there's a revolution in non-alcohol spirits coming out. Mm-hmm. But again, first time I tried seed lip, don't want to put seed lip down, but I, I was like, oh my God, this is like w- water. And some of the other ones, like they all are focused on not gin, not this. It's like making the, uh, I think rookie mistakes of like, it's almost like, like the way Satan is not meat. Right. So, but if you approach it as it's its own thing. It's, this is not, is so we, the, the brand world we created for, for the Pathfinder, there's a, uh, famous explorer named John C. Fremont. Half of California's name is for Fremont, right? Yeah. He was the, uh, he ran for president. He was called the Pathfinder. And, um, this is based on the old, like, basically Western botanicals. And it is, uh, uh, that 1840s exploration vibe. Okay. So um, the bottle by the, the bottle says the Pathfinder Hemp and Root, immediate relief for malaise and ennui, cold feet and hot tempers, weak knees and low spirits. Yes, yeah, Beautiful. yes. We can make a lot of claims because it's not it's not a, not alcohol. It's yeah, great. this looks this looks great. It's such yeah. a it's such a beautiful bottle. Yeah, yeah. So um, so let's try it. So this yeah. again, yeah. it's a. Uh, Wormwood, angelica root, ginger, sage, juniper, saffron, orange peel, Douglas fir. And it is dist- fermented and then distilled. And then um, and then the botanicals are added in. So the hemp is uh, fermented, then distilled. Yeah, it's, it's, it is absolutely yeah. delicious. And, and I want to so ask good. you, Stephen, where do people get – if people want to get this stuff, where do they go? The website is drinkpathfinder.com. But Art of the Age, Art of the Age is going to have all this. Uh, oh, oh, we will have the Pathfinder here. I don't think we're going to have it here in uh, mid July, but we will. No, I mean, if it. people want to go on and find the Deer Slayer, oh, yeah, yeah. all, they want to find all this, all so the, just go to Art of the Age and the, the, the Sealbach, white com, which is S E E L B A C H in S Sealbox.com. In Washington, D.C., ships nationwide. Okay. And they have all of our stuff. And where do we find Charlie's music while we're at this? I'm sorry? And where do we find your music? I'm kidding. We Wherever find us or soul. Wherever find music is... You know, it, it's funny. It, not, not to get off the subject of this, but when I was... We talked earlier about this sort of community 
measuring and rating of things. Even when you go on, I was like, you know, listening to the, I was at the gym today and I was listening to War on Drugs. Even the thing where they do the how many listens, that bothers me on Spotify. Yeah, I was thinking about that recently. How many listens, because they rank it by how many listens. And I'm like, you know what? We're the deep tracks. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, don't, yeah. I don't want to. I don't. I'm tired. Yeah, I was of, really. Yeah. I was just thinking about that yesterday because my son, my sons are ten and fourteen, and you know they're 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 deep into Spotify and and they're on their own path, you know, yeah. with music and finding things and and it's 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 beautiful, like the way that they are able to kind of just like go down wormholes and yeah, they they each have their own tastes and they go, but but you know, I was thinking about you know one one of them in particular. He it's like he's so tuned into like how many listens something has, you know, like a song like or 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 like, you know, yeah, like an artist's rating based on how many listens. It's, I mean, it's it's new. I don't mean to like not being like, oh, everything was great before. You know all the stuff. We do sound like a I know, curmudgeon. I know. Stuff. No, it's it's no. cool. It's, get it off my I'm, I'm into data. I'm into like you but know. It changes how you listen to things because you're basing it on a on an aggregate, right? As opposed to. Uh, as opposed to, like, I almost long for the days where that where a critic is saying, like, here's what I think, because right. then I can, oh, I like that dude. Yeah. I don't know what he's oh, thinking. You go to an artist, like, why why have, you know, why have 350 million people listened to this song? Yeah. Well, don't get me started on the critic, because that was a thing. And as someone who's been writing a long time, doing that yeah. for a long time, I appreciate when someone has an actual skill at evaluating things, and you would find the critics that you agree with, and you enter whether it was movies or music or you know like right. I always like David Wilde, so, you know, or uh, 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 Fricky and those guys, and you'd read it and you go, okay, I, I know that yeah. we have similar sensibilities yeah. now. Everybody has a platform, and you're kind of going. But when you just when you do it that way, where it's just by the numbers, I have some friends that are musicians, and especially the younger ones. I get it for them; it's cool because it's like, oh my god, I just hit two million on Spotify, right, right. And it mean, and and it actually translates into money as well. But, sure, but it's just the way like they the way they exactly the way they list it. I'm just like, man, you're missing so much. I mean, even some of my favorite bands, like even if you go to The Clash or something, yeah. you know, the top songs are, and I'm not shitting on that. What are, what are, are the aren't the best songs? What, the your, top songs your, are not the best songs? Would it be Rock the Casbah? Like, oh, I thought you meant yours. Yours was uh, Red um, uh, Red Eyes. Red Eyes. But yeah, like The Clash, it'll be Rock the Casbah. Should I stay or should I go? Right. All great. But sure. what about, let's get into Junko Partner or some of that stuff. 1977. Yeah, and it's like, <laughs> and I just feel like people aren't going to listen to that stuff because it's not, it's like me when I go on to like, you porn. I'm like, what's the rating on this porn movie? No, I'm, oh, oh shit. come on. <laughs> oh, I, well, I check the ratings. That probably is the one time it is good to way, look at. It is a really funny thing when you check the ratings on that because you're like, who's rating this? Like, who's rating oh, this? Oh, yeah. Who's actually rating Who, that? Whose lead am I following here? You know, like, what is going on? Anyway. I'm All right. Saying, so, so what do we got this, this final thing here? Drink the Negroni and tell me this isn't the best thing you've ever had in your life. Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, yeah, very, very. It's a soft, and I don't wow. mean that in, a, in like yeah. weak soft, yeah. but not. It's not biting like the yeah. Pathfinder. I find yeah. is because oh, you man, can get that good. with the Campari can can yeah. really overwhelm yeah. you sometimes, yeah. and especially if someone doesn't yeah. know how to make the drink. If, if you, I'm, just I'm not, slightly a, I'm not off, a Negroni guy. No. I am. I I'm am. Not. I, I was. This is delicious. This is actually better than the uh, Everclear and High C I've been drinking yeah. at home. <laughs> yeah, tickles the same nerve. It's this it's gonna get you the same way, but yeah, this is a yeah. really great drink. I, I think I think the path I think things bode well for the Pathfinder. Guys, it's been a lot of fun. Yeah, and I could yeah, keep really go, I could keep going for hours, but uh, Stephen keeps winking at me, going, "I gotta go, <laughs> get me out of here." But uh, I do want to ask uh, Charlie, 
what do you got? Anything coming up? Music? We can expect anything soon? Anything cool? Um, I know it's going to be cool. But well, I'm headed up to Woodstock right now to uh, finish up a record that I'm working on. Um, and uh, beyond that, we'll we'll see. see T- TBD. Is the world is the, is touring and stuff opening up again? It is. It is opening up. I mean, I you know I, f- I feel like the, the floodgates definitely opened uh, in the last month. You know, what yeah. I mean, like every day, it's like it's. I'm so happy for. I see so many friends. You know, bands are like you know. Playing Red Rocks and doing tours. Did, did you ever great. think in the depths of COVID that it would never happen again? I I did I I did not think that. Yeah. Uh, you know because I think that like it just kept you know well at first it was kind of like oh okay like well maybe in July like, yeah well, you know, yeah or oh okay maybe next maybe next fall like oh okay next summer and you know it's like everything yeah. kept kept pushing you know but. Um, no, but it's, it's, it's great to just see. I mean, I, and I just know, like, you know, I, so many friends are like, you know, sending me notes like, Oh, I just bought tickets for such and such. I can't wait to go see such a, you know, it's like it's this so exci- feeling I, of yeah, like, no, they're, they're buying really- tickets for like shows that are maybe they're in September or maybe they're in July or whatever. But people are just like the, a- the, the act of, you know, it's buying exciting. a ticket yeah, yeah. to I go bu- see I bought my first concert ticket. What is it? Bob Mould. Come on! Out. Oh, good. Yeah, he's playing out in L.A. And I, oh, it came, awesome. I got an email and I saw it. I'm like, I am buying that shit. As soon as I saw that email come in, I went, I'm like, this is gonna be the first yeah, ticket I'm gonna, cool. I'm gonna buy that one. And and, and I, and I tried to buy tickets to the Black Crows because they're doing that. Oh, see, I, the, oh, I'd love to yeah. see the Black Crows. Well, they're doing the, uh, do the Shake Your Money year, Maker right? tour, the twenty, the thirtieth anniversary. Uh, yeah, they're, yeah. They're all together got, again, both brothers. They're all they're back, man. Oh, they, they they sort made up. Well, they played on. Well, no, no, it's just the brothers now. The rest of the band's out. Yeah, they got rid of. Yeah, the rest of the band they don't like. You know, the show I wish I had always seen was Oasis and the Black Rose. Oh, yeah. So that, I mean, what a double bill. It would have been great. They what will, year, too, that, they will tour. Been like that 94? was probably... No, I think it was like 2000. Oh, 2000 later. Yeah, yeah. And that could be the probably the biggest combination of brothers that have problematic relationships, right? Oasis exactly. and the Black Rose. Right? Exactly. I mean, just, it's a oh, dysfunction yeah, yeah, tour. People say Oasis will never tour. I'm like, get the fuck out of here. They're going to tour. Yeah. You think someday, so? Someday someone's going to go... Put too much money in front of them because yeah. they could do. They I do feel stadiums like I actually saw recently. Like I think Noel like put a figure out there. I can't remember what it was. Good. I hope I think he, he I put hope a number down. And, and and yeah, good. good and it him. wasn't. I mean, it was absurd, but it wasn't so absurd that I was like. I feel like somebody will pony up that. Yeah, someone know. will this do it. Just, like the only the band British. that I that I've ever heard of, and I know we're going on way too long now, that got an insane amount of money. Put in front of them and still wouldn't do it was Led Zeppelin. Oh, uh, I believe. Oh, they, they I, did I, the I, one show at the uh, the uh, the uh, yeah. O Arena, but yeah, then they wouldn't do it again. But yeah, then, yeah, then plant, plant's they, like, they no. got offered like two hundred million dollars to go. You got to respect that. Plant yeah, said, man. No, I don't want to do it. Plants like you know, I got my thing. No, he cool. said. Didn't he say like, no, I'm I'm touring with Allison Krauss and I'm I'm happy. He said, I I just saw him. I so I, I saw him, and I love that this is all in here. It's like we're kicking it now in your living room. I saw him at a thing called Bourbon and Beyond. Yeah. And actually, Kurt Lyle played uh-huh. the same show. Uh-huh. Uh, it was two years ago. It's crazy because of COVID. But uh-huh. and Plant played. Oh wow! And He's so he cool. was one of the headliners. And you're just like, man, this dude's seventy three yep. years old. And <clears throat> my the hair on the back of my yep. head. As yeah. soon as he came out, I'm like, it's fucking Robert's fucking Robert man, you know. And still kills it still sounds great i mean obviously yeah. he looks like shit but he sounds he great does. he's 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 <laughs> well, got a raisin like yeah. quality going on yes, now. Yes, he's, he he's been a, i don't know, hate i don't hate how he looks 
No, he's he looks weathered. Years. He looks weathered. Yes. He looks like a guy who's had a life. He's yeah. been I should be hard. talking. I'm looking like I'm. You look like I look like uh, you know what I you know what sixteen on Zoom. I always say I look like Shrek. It's so it's so funny, <laughs> and I'm always having these phone calls with these like Hollywood people or whatever. I'm just like, oh my god, I look so Philly. I look so Philly. <laughs> Dude, <I do> not. <laughs> Look Philly, I don't think. You look, you look, you look you, a little I mean, Philly. You look, you look, you look like, a little Philly. If I'm going to be honest, <laughs> and I know you've heard this before, you yeah. look like Flea. Right? You got oh, that's flea. funny. You look yeah, right. you I usually get John Malkovich. You got a but, flea. Oh, yeah. and Malkovich. It's like if Flea and John Malkovich had a baby, had, that'd be know, an ugly yeah, baby. And that'd be me. be you. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, oh. uh, <laughs> Charlie Hall, Stephen Grass, <laughs> thank you so much for being sure. on the show and, and plying me with all this I actually Delicious. drank my entire Negroni. I'm, I'm I, going I, to. I, I promised my uh, company president that I wouldn't drink too much because I have a full schedule after this, but I drank my Negroni. I'm going out go. with all my, my boys from Philly, all yeah. my old friends. Right? I'm meeting out with them yeah. tonight, so it's great to be home and, and really great to hang with you guys, and I look forward to great. doing it again. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Cheers, guys. Cheers. Thanks.